0: Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So, Jesus tells this parable about a man who accepts a king's invitation to a wedding banquet, but who shows up without clothes appropriate to the occasion— Noticed by the king, he's kicked out. This parable gets me every time I read it. Whenever I read it, I—it's f- not just that I have a pretty keen sense of I want to be wearing the right thing for the for the occasion. Don't want to be overdressed. Don't want to be underdressed. Want to just. And the last thing I want to do is communicate, I don't care. But it's not just that. It's I remember myself in the early and woefully immature days of the beginning of my faith journey. And how my first pastor, Mort Whitman, related to me. I think of the several times I sensed in Mort's sad eyes the king's expectation. When what I said I believed and what I was doing in my life were so out of sync, I could just see the disappointment in Mort's eyes. It's like he was saying with his eyes, Reggie, do you understand who has invited you? And to what an amazing occasion it is that you have been invited? Like, think about this table. This table is a picture, as Isaiah presented it this morning, of a great feast at the end of time. It's, as the early church read Psalm 23 from day one, it's, 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 it's a banquet laid out in front of my enemies so that during this life I can be fortified and encouraged to live for Christ. It's, this, it's a table that's a remembrance of the fact that God sacrificed, even slaughtered his own son as Passover sacrifice so that I could be free And I could just see in his his eyes, are you really free when you're living like that? But he would never say it. He would just look at me. And in his eyes, there were both sadness and tenderness, both a rebuke and and an invitation to come further in. Every Every time I caught that look, I felt undressed and was reduced as the fellow in the parable to silence. I had no answer for that look. Unlike the parable though, strong arms didn't grab me and throw me out. Happily, King Jesus gave me time and space to move from a sullen silence To a teachable silence. And over time, the kindness with which Mort's eyes answered my spiritual childness melted my cold heart. Mort welcomed me past the entrance and into the expansive living spaces of God's kingdom palace. And he did so by reminding me over and over again of the worth of the faith that I had embraced, or that had embraced me. I don't know. I've stopped trying to figure that one out. Mord's method with me was a lot like that of one of my favorite figures from the ancient church, Cyril, Bishop of Jerusalem, in the middle of the fourth century. The Emperor Constantine had just become a Christian and and had sponsored all these lovely buildings in Jerusalem in commemoration of the life and events of Jesus's, the life of Jesus and the events of his life. And the huge, elegant church of the Holy Sepulcher had just been built over the site of Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection, replacing a pagan temple to Venus. And it was that church out of which Cyril ministered. It was that place where Cyril preached, where Jesus had actually died and been raised from the dead. The the city was awash with pilgrims and new residents. Many were flirting with the faith. It had become popular to become a Christian. Many sought baptism, the prerequisite, for inclusion at the Christian feast or communion. Some sought baptism because they genuinely believed. Some because they thought baptism might help them get a good job. Some because they thought baptism might help them find a mate. And some were just, just curious. Christians call these things mysteries and what's going on there? Cyril taught candidates for baptism for 40 days before Easter when they would get baptized. And as he begins to teach them on that first day of the 40, he asks them a cautionary question. He he says, I'm I'm like I'm I'm I see myself in this story. I'm supposed to invite everybody in. But then once they're in, I'm supposed to make sure they've got the right clothes on. And so I have to ask, are, are you here? Because you just want to see what's going on and not realize that there's someone above who's looking at you. Do you, do you, do you think that you can be curious about God without him being curious about what's going on in your heart, I just have to ask you. This is not just any occasion. So not just any old clothes will do. The one in whose honor this feast is being held, after all, Cyril says, is he's bridegroom of souls. And he reminds the candidates of this parable, dressed wrongly for the king's wedding feast. And he says, you know, it's not really about clothes. If your soul is dressed in greed or avarice, you need to change your clothes before you come in. Take off fornication and impurity and put on the shining white garment of chastity. Now, Cyril wasn't really asking people to cleanse themselves or clean themselves up so God would accept them. What he was setting them up for was this discovery. What they would eventually find out, no matter what they wore, whether they were rich or poor, whether they could dress up or dress down, on the day of their baptism, they were going to have to Undress. Literally. Yeah. To get baptized, you'd take off your clothes. All of them. In the dark, and the men would be separated from the women. But you'd undergo baptism, like, without benefit of any clothing. And Cyril reminded them, you know, that's how the Romans crucified people. They would rip their clothes off and leave them hanging up there in the altogether, bare and completely exposed, so they would be shamed as they died. And as we take our part in Christ's death and crucifixion, we go down into the water in the altogether with nothing concealed, divested of all pretense, all pride, into the baptismal waters where we share co-crucifixion with him. But then, wonderfully, just as Adam and Eve were originally garbed in nothing but their innocence, so in Christ, in our baptism, We rise as those to whom innocence has been restored. Cyril's message was, don't think for a minute that you can take your greed and your impurity with you into the baptismal waters. He loves you too much to let that stuff stay on you. When the newly baptized emerge from the waters in their innocence, they're then wrapped with new white robes. The message in, whatever pla- in the place of whatever clothes we start with, Christ offers a wedding garment, a shining garment, the garment of salvation and the tunic of gladness. And then the newly baptized would wear those robes during the whole of the next week when they received daily teaching about the mysteries they had just experienced. The, the new life, the baptized life that now lay before them. The king had sent for everybody the evil and the good. The king wanted everybody to come to his palace. But the thing is, this king who invites everybody in the door, he insists on meddling. He refuses to rubber stamp the attitudes, behaviors, and beliefs we bring with us. And that's what Mort waited patiently for the Lord to begin to teach. Our bridegroom of souls insists that we surrender the right to define who we are, all of who we are our occupational selves, our musical selves, our political selves, our sexual selves. Jesus insists, Cyril calls us to welcome people all the way into baptismal waters. Where grace transforms everything, where we can wind up, at, where we do what Paul says to think on and love and pursue whatever is true, honorable, whatever is just, pure, whatever is pleasing, and whatever is commendable where there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise. In the baptismal waters, grace transforms us and transforms everything about us. So my takeaway from Mort's penetrating gaze and Cyril's challenging words and Jesus' penetrating question, friend. Fred, how'd you get in here without a wedding robe, is simply this, worship worthy of the feast is a worship that welcomes and then helps us all understand that a change of clothes will be required. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.